0: Hello everyone and welcome to our podcast, Fill in the Gaps. We
1: are four experienced Cambridge certified teachers.
2: We meet each week trying to fill in gaps related to issues in ELT with our own experiences. We are Alan,
1: Samra, Fatma
3: and Julia. We hope that our discussions will inspire you and help you navigate your ways through different approaches in teaching. So let's get started.
1: So guys, this week's episode is all about multilingualism, and we would like to talk about that since all of us here we are bilinguals, and I I think some of us are also multilinguals, right? Okay, each each one of us is going to talk about their specific situation, but before that, I would like to mention, Alan, why don't you explain to us why we chose this topic? It was related to your daughter, right?
2: Yeah, exactly. So. I have a, a two-year-old daughter. Uh, my wife is Turkish. I'm English speaker, um, and well, we are hoping that that Leah, Leah will end up um, a bilingual, so speaking both English and, and Turkish to a, a you know a decent proficiency. It's it's very strange, right? Right now, there's there's not much there's not much happening. Like she's very aware of our speech and our language, and you know she can she can respond to. Like our prompts, but she's not saying much to be honest. Like there's there's half words coming out, but mainly lots of kind of like gibberish and, and funny funny noises. She's saying kind of like sometimes um, a word will sound like it's English, and then she'll say it again, and it sounds like a Turkish word. It's it's very it's very strange. It's very strange. So um, one to watch, I think. I've got a feeling that she's actually going to speak. Um, I think her first few words or, or phrases, I think are going to be Turkish because the way that she's pronouncing things, it, it sounds like she's got a little bit of a Turkish accent going on, So we'll see.
3: Speaking of which, it's really interesting to know how how does she acquire the languages uh, these days? Uh, is it something what you introduce uh, at the same time? So let's say um, the uh, simultaneous bilingualism in your case right or do you consider introducing it uh, in a sequential manner
2: uh right now it's uh it's simultaneous so the the situation that we have at home is that like my my wife and i are are, are we're mainly using english to be honest but we we have a we have a nanny who's with leah for um you know the, the middle part of the day for like maybe six or seven hours um, and during that time, she's pretty much like only exposed to Turkish, to be honest. Cause like, you know, my wife, my wife and I are working, um, you know, Leah goes off on little adventures. They they go to the park together and, uh, she interacts with other, other like Turkish children. So a lot of exposure at the minute is Turkish, but then, you know, in the morning and then in, in the evenings and then at the weekends, it's a hundred percent English, um, so it's probably about like half and half, I would say overall. Um, yeah,
3: that's interesting. And um, Alan, uh, have you noticed uh, whether it is easy or difficult to distinguish the languages when your daughter speaks? And uh, um, another question might be: When did you, when did she start speaking? Did you see that your daughter started speaking um, at the same age when other children did, or maybe it took some time, a little bit longer time? It would be great if you could share well, it with us.
2: Well, I think I think every child is different. You know, I, I, I've done a, a little, just a little bit of general research on on baby babies and speech, and typically they start saying first words between one and two and then at two they, they might start putting a couple of words together to to form the basis of a, the basic part of a sentence but at the minute she hasn't she hasn't really got much at all like she can say she can say a few simple things like she says daddy daddy um sometimes she says she says mama and sometimes she says anne Anne." so it's very strange it's very strange at the minute um but apart from that, there's there's not much else. There are kind of like there are syllables that she puts together, and and they're kind of like they're not really discernible English or Turkish words. But with the accent that she puts on it, it makes it sound a little bit Turkish, I would say. But um, I don't know. I, I guess I guess she's you know not normal for her age. I, I think I think the according to what I've read, it's you know. Maybe she should have more by now, but like I said, every child is different, so it's, it's difficult to know.
1: From what I have read, um, it takes a bit longer for bilingual children or children who are being exposed to multiple languages at the same time. Uh, it takes a bit longer to speak because just, you know, they have the acoustic map right now in the head that needs to be constructed and they have two languages at the same time. So this is why, and I think right now it seems like she's testing it a little bit, like saying "mama," saying "anna," and then saying like, "to which one do they respond?" You know?
2: It's yeah, it's it's very strange, um, but like she hasn't, for example, she hasn't picked up like "baba" instead of, instead of "dada," you know, does, like does um, say "baba." Sorry,
1: does anybody say "baba" next to her? Like, well, baba,
2: baba. the 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 nanny will, yeah. Mm. You know, if I, if I, if I come into the room, I'm like, oh, who's here? Baba Gamish. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, so she's exposed to that all day. Um, but it's weird how that hasn't really taken off. Whereas, like, she, you know, she, she, um, I guess she's a typical daddy's girl, I suppose. And, you know, she moves around the apartment and she points to things and says, dada, dada, dada. Like if she sees a photo, or my clothes, or my book, or if she sees my Game of Thrones mug, for example, she knows, she knows.
0: Yeah, I guess it is one of the parents' concerns that their kid is a little bit slow in terms of their language development. But when you think about the kids, and they have a lot, of, a lot to do. It's a, um, it's a lot to take, um, take in. And the cognitive work is uh, more challenging than a child who's raised in monolingual uh, environment, right? And there is actually an article that we read, actually Ellen shared it, and we're going to share it with you too. And in that article, actually, they are comparing two children. One of them is raised in a monolingual environment. One of them is raised in bilingual environment. And then, You know, when you compare, uh, let's say, the vocabulary development of the kid in one language, maybe you can say that the kid who is raised in a bilingual environment is a little bit slow. Maybe that kid can speak or understand 50 words in one language. But there is another part of the story, right? And if you compare it with the child who is raised in a monolingual environment, let's And that kid maybe can speak and understand 100 words. And if you compare one language and development in that language, yes, maybe the bilingual kid is a little bit slower, but actually that's not the case, right? So I I don't think there is, uh, you know, there is need to worry about and it's going to take a little bit time, but at the end, uh, their skills when it comes to language will be, I don't know, better than kids who are raised in monolingual ling- ling- environment. I mean, I don't want to accept that because I was raised in a monolingual environment. And I w- always thought that people who are raised in bilingual environment are smarter than us. But I mean, I guess it's understandable that they are better at you know, coping with different skills.
1: Fatma, at this point, can you please give us the definition of bilingualism? Because we were all surprised when we were reading the article.
0: Yeah, I mean, bilingualism means that uh, the ability to speak in two languages efficiently. Uh, There are two types of bilingualism. One of them is sequential. And it means that you are learning the second language after you learn the first language as your mother tongue. And the second version is, um, the second version is, simultaneous, 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 yeah. Thank you, Julia, simultaneous bilingualism. And it means that you're learning both of the languages as your mother language. So at the end, they will both look the same to you. So actually it is possible to be bilingual uh, after uh, being raised in a monolingual environment. So it was a relief for me, but I still don't know if I am counted as a bilingual person. I really don't know.
1: Of course you are, you are. are. (laughs) And um, I I will share a quote that I read the other day and Ellen, I'm so sorry, I don't mean any um, offense or anything, but it was like, if you're just speaking one language and you don't require learning a second one, chances are very high you are American or English. Right, because that is the group who's not learning a second language because they don't need to, basically. Right? I, I thought it was so funny um, because, like, most of us right now, when you look at the world, like when you look at politics and the government and education, most of us are being uh, raised with two languages. Like, this is what the society right now pushes us, right, in that direction. Like, you should know English. It should be there as a second language and and you should be fluent in that. So we are being kind of very much pushed into the direction of being uh, bilinguals.
3: I absolutely agree with the statements that we've uh, made today. Um, one interesting idea is uh, that um, one linguist, David Gradle, mentioned in the late 1990s that um, the future of English would be different. uh, Somehow those people like me and you who were born in uh, the late uh, 80s, I guess, uh, probably, right? I think that we are uh, within this age range, right? Uh, We might have been raised uh, as uh, monolinguals. Uh, Then we acquired the second, the third, the fourth, and the fifth languages. Though these days, interestingly, um, We can see that the situation is changing and uh, actually it has already changed due to the exposure to the Internet and the development of the Internet. We can see that um, the um, globalization also, this is the thing to blame for. And uh, at the same time, we can say that uh, we broadened our horizons and our children will be definitely bilingual for sure. And uh, not to say that they have all the perspective of being multilingual, whether we want it or not, without uh, any particular effort. Um, We can say that uh, that's something what is unavoidable. And it was so interesting that the person predicted it so long time ago. In the 90s, when we, I guess, we even didn't have the internet or not everyone could use it. uh, He said that there will be the switch from monolingual to bilingual and then further to multilingual speakers. So let's say these days, when we talk about bilingualism, that's something what we already take for granted. uh, We are on the way or probably even these days uh, with Generation Z, we are in the era of multilingualism. What do you think, guys?
2: I guess it's, uh, it's an inescapable fact of life, isn't it? Um, you're right, you, you, mentioned, uh, you mentioned communication systems and you mentioned travel. I mean, um, everything has developed so quickly that you know, do, um, the need and the requirement to speak other languages has become uh, uh, essential um
0: there was another interesting fact in the article you know we always talk about critical age right so after a certain age it will be difficult for you to learn the language or even to be bilingual i mean that was my concept by the way if you want to be bilingual you have to speak the both of the languages like if like they are your mother tongue right so that was my perception And actually, it talks about the input that you get after the certain age. If you think about the kids, the input that they are
3: exposed to
0: is, it is a bit higher than their maybe level. And it is, but it is not that simple, really. And then uh, as a kid, you can make some mistakes. And when you make mistakes, you are loved even more. You are You know, you are hugged and it is something positive to make mistakes. And you are exposed to language uh, for, I mean, every day, every hour of the day. And then what else I can tell about the input of the children? And that's the only job that you have in this life, right? You're just going to listen to them. And then the only job that you have to express yourself by using the sounds that the others are making. But after a certain age, you've got lots of tasks to do, right? in normal life, you have to take care of the kids. If you have kids, if you have to cook dinner, you have to do some things, even you are exposed to, even when you are exposed to input in a different language, um, you are not that free of making mistakes, right? You're going to be judged or you're going to judge yourself even though the others are not judging you. So, I mean, even though critical age is, not proven by data or research the input is really changing and it was mentioned in that article so it it is really really important that kids are raised in a bilingual environment and that input is really valuable something that you can't get um you know exposed to later in your life
2: yeah (laughs) because the the article makes a good point i think it talks about fact that all right, you, you, you're never too old to, to start learning or to improve a language but the the cold hard fact is when you're younger you have more time on your hands to deal with to deal with the problems of learning a language you know when, when you get to when you get to my age you know that the opportunity to devote uh, time and attention to language learning is you know these opportunities are few and far between for me so god I was I was a you know, I was a talented, a talented linguist at school um, because I, I had more time to focus on it. These days, trying to, just trying to learn a few more words in Turkish is a killer for me because uh, it's just not up there. It's not up there on my list, my daily to-do list.
0: And I think it's really releasing. When I, when I read that information, I thought that I am not the problem. I mean, my IQ doesn't have anything to do with the fact that I can't learn language as effectively as I could when I was a child. It's about the input. It's about the other factors that are there where you are. Uh, So it is really thing in a way to me.
1: I mean, first of all, I think you can be very proud of yourself, okay, because your English is great and you have learned it later in life. Um, I want to say that. And the second part is what I would like to tell you guys, Um, Okay, I I grew up bilingual. A little bit about my background. Uh, I I was born in Germany and grew up there. But to be honest, even when you grow up bilingual, it's very difficult to be fluent in two languages at the same time. And I think people underestimate that most of the time. it's it's very difficult because the exposure needs to be the same. And we had a lot of pressure. So me growing up in Germany, because I was going to school and I had a lot of friends, my German was just much better than my Turkish. And I got a lot of criticism for that. It was like, why is it not as good? Why is this not da? da, 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 da. but it was just that I wasn't exposed at the same level to Turkish. And later on, I came to Turkey and now I live here. Obviously my um, Turkish has improved a lot, but now I must say that my German is not at the same level anymore. It's good, it's still my mother tongue but I cannot use it in my daily life. And right now I feel like my English has even become better because I see you guys so often and I use it in classes. So what I want to say, it's really difficult to maintain the same level in two languages or more languages at the same time.
2: And so here we are at the end of another episode of Gap.
3: Thanks everyone for a great conversation and thank you for listening.
1: Feel free to get in touch via email with questions, comments or suggestions for future discussion topics.
0: Check out the description for useful links and contact details. See you for the next episode.